Hello everybody and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Sam Holt, I'm an independent and young creative uh, photographer and videographer based in London and Kent. Um, and today I'm going to give you my thoughts on the brand new um, Sony A7R Mark III. Um, for those who have been living under a rock for the past week or so, there's been a lot of speculation um, about what this camera potentially could hold. Um, and they've released the full list of specifications and features and I'm just going to go through them and talk about what I think is good, what I think is bad, um, how I think it's important and how I think it's going to change the industry. Um, so if you're not prepared for the complete nerd out um, what that's about to happen, um, this is probably the time to jump ship. Uh, <laughs> this is just going to be a bunch of numbers and letters and lots of fancy words that all these camera companies put out to make their stuff seem uh, more impressive. So if you're not into that kind of stuff, I'll see you later, mate. Um, but if you are, grab a cup of coffee, sit down and enjoy the ride because I'm about to talk about this absolute nutty camera. Um, to start off with, let's just talk about the sensor. It is a 35mm full frame sensor with 42 megapixels in a full frame, that's just nuts. Um, I know Canon did a 5DSR um, and 5DS or something like that, which had 50 megapixels, but I, I'm Sony have always managed to produce sharper sensors, and I, I'm not entirely sure why that is, um, but I assume this 42 megapixel sensor is going to look absolutely incredible. Um, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> just, just looking at it, just looking at the, that number, 42 megapixels in just a, a sensor, um, a full frame sensor. That's just crazy. That's that's uh, medium format territory. Um, you know, phase one starts at about 50, so eight megapixels more, and you're basically in medium format area, I guess. I, I just, I do want to know if that's going to have an effect on image quality. Um, if anybody knows about any of that, any of that kind of stuff, please let me know. Because um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around um, the fact that if you cram a lot of pixels into a smaller sensor, surely it's going to, maybe the low light performance isn't going to be as good. But Sony cameras, again, just the low light performance seems to be incredible. Um, it's got 399 phase detection AF points and 425 contrast detection AF points. Um, 399. I think my camera has 29 AF points? Something like that? Yeah. Um, so 399 is quite a step up. Um, I believe that covers the entire range or in the viewfinder. I guess it just fills out the whole the whole space. Um, <laughs> so you're completely spoiled for choice. Um, and again, that EVF um, that Sony put in their cameras, I've heard good things about those EVFs. Um, I've never actually used a Sony camera, so I'm just talking about specs here. Um, I haven't used the A9, I haven't got my hands on it. Um, A9, A7R Mark III. Um, I haven't ever actually used a Sony camera in a studio environment. I haven't been able to test one. I will want to actually rent one out one day and just go and do some shooting, get some nice Zeiss lenses maybe. I might treat myself to some nice Zeiss lenses. Um, but yeah, I mean, 399 AF points, uh, you can't go wrong really. Um, it's got a new processor and it says it's about 1.8 times faster um, than the previous. I That means nothing to me. 
um, but it does support 14-bit raw output, um, even during silent shooting slash continuous shooting. And I'm reading this from the Sony website, by the way, so um, none of this is bollocks, so it's not one of those rumour things. Um, it's actually on the Sony website. So 14-bit output, 14-bit um, raw output, that's quite impressive. Now, Sony have got this thing called AAF. A? <laughs> I-A-F. Uh, and that's basically what it says. It autofocuses on the eye. And I cannot stress how incredible that is. Um, if I'm shooting, and especially coupled with the 399 points of focus, um, because it will be really accurate. If I'm doing a portrait session and I have to continuously be focusing and recomposing, it is going to piss me off so much. Um, having IAF is just going to be a bit of a game changer. And I think especially for events photographers, um, studio photographers maybe, if, if it's sort of location style shooting, um, I'm talking about like portraiture and stuff like that, not necessarily studio. Um, but yeah, uh, IAF, like that, what, what a genius idea. Um, up to 10 frames a second with AF slash AE tracking um, at 42 megapixels. That's that's nuts. Yeah. And electronic shutter as well, so it'd be absolutely silent. Um, this ten, I'm getting the vibe that this is like a, an A9 crammed into an A7R. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just going to be like one of those all-rounder cameras um, that's going to be expensive uh, but it's not going to be as expensive as the A9 um, and it's going to be more consumer based um, I think the A9 is definitely a prosumer camera um, I guess it's for the high-end sports professionals that I think is it 20 frames a second or 10 I don't want to say I don't know um, <laughs> I'm not going to say stuff that I not, don't know what I'm talking about um, that last sentence made no sense. Uh, focal plane phase detection AF. That's a lot of words that I don't understand. Uh, let's see if I can read this. So phase detection AF can operate even when an A mount lens is mounted to the A7R via an L. Oh, I see. So if you put on one of the previous generation lenses, even with an adapter, the focus is going to be the same. Oh, that's quite impressive. Wow. Okay, then. Um, up to 76 images in continuous shooting. Again, my camera shoots 14 raw images. That's 76. Like, I know Nikon D5s or whatever can shoot for 200 or something like that, but they're shooting at like 20 megapixels. This is shooting double that and it's doing 76 images in a row. Uh, that's quite phenomenal. It would be interesting to know what the buffer is like on that. So if you fill that out, is the camera going to just jump ship and just say, you know what, no thanks mate, see you later. Um, it's going to, is it going to crash or is it going to take about five minutes to load for the next task? I don't know. Um, but 76 images in a, in a one go, that's quite impressive. Um, what's the next bit? Anti-flicker shooting. Flicker from fluorescent and other artificial lighting is automatically detected and shutter action is timed to minimise the flicker's effect on still images. Okay, so that's if you're shooting in a scenario like maybe a sports hall. Um, 
so where they got fluorescent bulbs. If you've ever tried filming when there's fluorescent bulbs, you'll see that you get this weird sort of banding across your images. Um, you get like this well, flickering, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, that's a bit annoying. So the fact that that detects that there's fluorescent bulbs in the room, that's 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 quite cool. That'd be good for sports photographers. They've they've got a um, little thumbnail of some fences, um, fencing <laughs> above the uh, little stat thing. So it gives you an example where it's shooting where the light is available um, and not during that flickering moment. AF on button and multi-selector. The AF on button activates autofocus without any half-press shutter button focus sequence. So you can concentrate better on exactly when to release a shutter and capture the moment. This is, oh, that's back button focus. I, I don't know what that is. Honestly, I don't even bother. Um, to me, I just think half-pressing the shutter isn't so bad. Um, and I've just been doing it for so long, I don't see the point in learning another way of focusing. Uh, I'm sure it's useful, but that's not for me. Pixel shift. Now, I know what pixel shift is because Olympus has this thing called pixel shift. Um, and it's basically where the pixels are shifted um, and you get a, um, a a better quality image, I guess. I, I think it's... What does it say? Uh, this new feature composites four separate pixel shifted images that contain total data equal to approximately 169.6 million or 42.4 million uh, pixels to reproduce a single optimal still image of super high resolution. Okay, so what you're going to want to do is you're going to, that's probably for landscape photographers. Uh, in fact, it's almost definitely for landscape photographers because you wouldn't be able to do that without a tripod because obviously you get weird artifacts and things like that. But that's a cool feature. I mean, putting it in there, I'm not going to complain. Um, <laughs> it's better to have more features than to have none. Um, In-body 5-axis image stabilization with up to 5.5 stop shutter speed advantage. Crikey. Okay. So, in-body in axis stabilization is... You either love it or you hate it. Some people want it in their lenses. Um... However, from my experience, so for example, let me give you an example. Um, I'm at a, a live music event, um, I'm filming, and I want to use my 50mm lens. My 50mm lens is not stabilised, um, and even though I'm going to be using it on a video monopod, I still want that extra bit of stabilisation um, just to make sure it's buttery smooth. My 70 to 300 does have image stabilisation, and it's really, really nice. So, I guess it would be nice to have the stabilization in body, but I mean, again, it's all down to personal preference. Um, it's in there, and I don't know how it works in conjunction with lenses that does that that do have image stabilization. You'll just have to find out. Um, I'm sure somebody will tell me. Touchscreen LCD for intuitive focus operations. So basically, it's got a touchscreen. Uh, Okay, that should be standard. Um, dual slots with UHS-2 compatibility. Dual slots is really handy. I'm glad my camera has um, dual SD card slots because what I do is I set one to backup and I raw backup, that is never JPEG. Um, I just set it to double over and then I don't have to worry about it. If my... For, yeah, how do, I, how do I explain how that's useful? So if I'm shooting an event, I can 
continuously be shooting um, and I'll have a backup of everything I shoot um, in two locations, so in two cards. Um, that's handy uh, because it means that you can take one card out, put it somewhere safe and then keep the other card in your camera and then you don't have to worry about it getting corrupted or lost or damaged and you know you have a backup and I never delete those files until I finish the project that stays on the memory card I put it in one of those little cases and I put it um, in the organizer on my desk and that stays there <laughs> until the project is finished and that's why it's handy um, you could also do it to you know um, It also says the memory card cover is lockable to prevent it from being opened unintentionally. Isn't hang on, isn't that standard on Yeah, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Highly durable and operable in tough conditions. Um what can I say about that? That should be standard as well. Shoot for more professional lengths. Uh, this again, I'm just reading off the headlines from the Sony website. For extended periods of confident shooting, the NPFZ100 battery, that's a really catchy name, has approximately 2.2 times the capacity of a, oh goodness sake, NPFW50 battery, and an optional, oh my goodness, and an optional VGC3EM vertical grip can hold two batteries. Who did they sit down at a meeting and think, Oh, that, you know what? That's a really good name. That's that's really going to catch on. Okay. Um, USB Type C and multi slash micro USB ports allow external mobile batteries. Oh, that's cool. So, oh no, hang on. That's always been there. Um, that's one thing I wish. Uh, again, should be standard. You should be able to power it from an external battery source. Um, so I like the fact that they've done that. And also they've included USB Type C, which again, everything USB C, everything. Um, uh, smooth PC tethering via USB 3.1 uh, so again USB-C that's fine That's should be standard like I said enhanced flash compatibility has new sync terminals so non-dedicated flash units and cables with standard sync terminals can be connected uh, yeah okay again standard clear natural realistic 4K movies so it's got 4K I think all, almost every Sony camera now has 4K, which again, standard, um, should just be standard. Uh, rating function convenient for on-location sorting, that's irrelevant. Um, I don't see why that's... no, okay. Um, supports a wide range of need in HDR movie production, so it's got HDR movie recording and S-Log. Okay, um, improved fast hybrid AF for movie recording, so it's got decent AF during movie recording. Uh, versatile movie recording functions, wide array, of, wide array of functions to facilitate workflows of professional videographers, including clean HDMI output, good, timecode slash user bits, good, uh, marker display, zebra, oh, zebra function, yeah, that's important, so focus peaking. Slow and quick motion, what's that? Okay, uh, simultaneous proxy movie recording, extraction of a still from a movie, that would be useful for um, event videographers maybe, so you, I don't know what the resolution of those would be, um, but yeah, uh, just that, that's, that's a, actually a really handy feature. Um, one touch remote and one touch sharing, 
One touch remote can turn a smartphone or tablet into a viewfinder slash remote control. Okay, so if you're going to make an app for a camera um, that's going to that has the ability to use and control the camera via the app, please. I just this is for every camera manufacturer ever. Please make the app look nice. There's nothing more irritating than opening an app. The functionality is there, okay? All, all camera manufacturers have that functionality. Uh, it's just Bluetooth. It's not that hard. Or, or NFC. Um, or Wi-Fi. Um, you've got to make the camera look pretty. Um, <laughs> uh, if I open my phone now and go to the Canon Connect um, app, uh, the first thing I see is just a bunch of squares and... Just grim animations and it's just like it's just it's just horrible GoPro as well like it's okay the GoPro app's not too bad but again it, everything just needs to be a bit more fluid a bit less robotic and technical um, so if that looks nice and the functionality is there if if the user experience is nice um, then it's a win New Sony Imaging Software Suite. A new suite of imaging apps from Sony provides top quality raw development, convenient PC tethering, and efficient viewing slash management. Live viewing on the computer screen, blah, 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 blah. Focus points can be sent from, okay. Focus points can be set from the computer. So this would be for like a studio environment if you're doing still life or portraiture. Um, tethering is basically tethering. Um, the new pixel shift multi-shooting feature can also be used. Okay, so basically controlling the camera via the Sony imaging software suite. Um, I guess uh, Capture One or Lightroom are already quite well established. So I don't know why Sony's trying to push that. Maybe they could have, I don't know, maybe they could have tried to cooperate with either Lightroom or Capture One to provide... A slightly better tethering system, um, unique to Sony cameras. That could be like a separate download, but okay, they've done their own thing. Uh, but I've got to the bottom of the list. Uh, is there anything else I can talk about on their website? Um, I don't think so. Uh, let's just have a look at some images of the A7R. So it's basically the same kind of body. I mean, it's a it's a smaller body. Um, and I like it, I like the design, it's very simple, it's not too obtrusive, it doesn't shout, you know, I'm a big old DSLR, it's quite understated, which I quite like. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the A7R Mark III. If you enjoyed this little podcast, I mean, it's not little, it's gone up to 20 minutes, crikey. Um, okay. Uh, please be sure to leave a comment or a review. If you're listening on Anchor, say hi, ring into the station, leave a message, um, that'd be really cool. Um, and if you're listening on iTunes, then leave a review or a rating or whatever. It helps me out, lets me know if you guys are enjoying the podcasts. Um, this is a completely different kind of podcast. Um, again, 20 minutes, that's a long time. Um, sorry if I've rambled on for 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, apart from that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm Sam Holt, uh, and I'll see you in the next